Welcome, everyone, to episode 210 of the Rant and Rave podcast. I'm your host, as always, the co- one of the co-founders and co-creators of the show, and also the director of the show, the young blood outsider, Jordy Scout, a gay GMN's jet. And um, the reason why Brandon is not here is because he is doing Pete, he's doing announcing duties, which he's getting paid for. But rest assured, he will be back here hopefully next week for our Halloween edition of Rand Ray Podcast next week on the 211th episode. So, that being said, um, I want to thank you all for tuning in right now. If you um, are watching this on, you know, on audio, like, say, for, you know, for, like, Apple Podcasts. Or Spotify, or, even. Or Spotify, that, there you go, and... Anywhere you can get your, you know, audio podcasting at all, then feel free to go ahead and give us a five-star review and everything, so that way we can make the show a lot more better. But if you are watching the video version, then you are obviously going to see some fun instead of just hearing it, because after all, seeing is believing when you're watching it live and, you know, living color. So with that being said, we will introduce other guest hosts. <laughs> uh, I'm Andrew Hawking, the Kane Destroyer, and I sold 210. We're going to have the time. And. Let's go with the. Uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea what just happened there. What's our one, Mike? With, with the refreshing thing. Anyways, I'm Mike Bombardier, the Buffalonian Bulldozer. Next week is our Halloween spectacle, but let's sit back, relax, and have a good time. And now... And, and I quote, I am the elder statement, statesman of r and I am, in some circles, I'm Big BFE, and in other circles, I'm Mr. Shenanigans. I am Eric Lima. Welcome to r and 210. And I bet you're wondering why he is like that, folks. The reason why is because Eric has a sore throat. He's going to be probably speaking softly. And the reason, and that's why he's got that white board, even though it should be a black board with white, you know, marker. But again, we don't know how that, you know, turns out. But nonetheless, um, yeah, that's the reason why he's using a white board, like Wiley Coyote, you know, like using the signs and all that. Yeah, help. Or they don't pay me enough for this. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. And. Oh, no, me? Yeah, your turn. <laughs> well, you probably know me on a different yes, show yes, Jordy's yes. on. A very different show called the Popcorn Panel Podcast. Of course, I'm Victor Del, Va- Del Valle. That's how my name is pronounced. Not Del Valle, Jordy. Del Valle. Okay? Del Valle. You got to pronounce it. <laughs> and Del um, Valle. Yeah, mm-hmm. close enough. Close enough. Close enough. Anyway, um, I'm usually on that show. That's my baby. And I have been here before. What was it? Was it was it was it 200 when I was on? Yeah, 10 episodes ago. Yeah. And um Jordy, be, Jordy invited me on here this week, mainly due to the fact that uh, there was an incident that happened on our show that was not my doing. 
that happened on Tuesday. You see, when we do uh, the Popcorn Fail podcast on the David Drowsen Network, Tuesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, um, we do it live. And uh, for some reason, for out of nowhere, my internet blacked out. It had an outage. It lasted until midnight. Oh. It lasted until midnight. And it, we got to our review, which we were reviewing Magnolia at the time. Yes. And what happened was right before I was you know, I was doing my whole little introductions before I usually start the review. And right when I was, I was about to get started, my internet got hit. It got hit. And I tried to do it on my phone. But the oh. cellular data also got hit because of this outage. So it was a pain in the ass. I had to get David to help me, and I had to shut down the show essentially abruptly. I had to shut. I had to shut it down. I had to. Turn, I had to end the stream because this has never really happened to me before. Where I'm doing a live show and I got an outage and mm. this kind of shit happening. You know, this has never happened to me before, and it's kind of one of those things where. I've kind of learned from that situation. I mean, of course, this is not my doing. This is not, you know, my fault. But it also helped me learn that, in a way, anything could happen on any show. I mean, then again, our show is just about as chaotic as this one. And what I wanted to do here initially, you know, to be on here was to do my Magnolia review again, possibly. Yeah, and, that's the point I want you on here, so that way you can finish what you, you started on Tuesday. But here's the thing. I also kept, kind of felt bad for you because I was kind of joking around thinking, like, this is what happens when you try to run a show. I mean, but here's the thing. I I was only dicking around, joking around, that kind of I deal. probably didn't even hear it at the time because my internet was so bad, I probably couldn't even I hear I it. But I will say this. The reason why I've, I, I wanted you on here was because I wanted you to finish what you – what you had to had and and I think this was after I had read the passage in the Bible in Exodus to show yeah because it involves the raining frogs because yeah. you don't know at the end of Magnolia, raining frogs yeah and and they did not turn gay <laughs> they did not turn gay of course but 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 here's another thing um, I also want to clarify too um, I kind of felt bad you know after what happened on Tuesday, because again, you just never know when this is going to happen. But then again, I just got to thinking, you know, as of recent, because after the events that happened on Tuesday, so whenever me and Brandon, you know, go live for R and R, no matter what happens, I'm going to have to also have, you know, the controls of the show too. Cause you never know if his internet goes out and then I have to, you know, end the show, you know, Oh yeah, absolutely. So that so I guess we all have to play our roles goes <coughs> because you never <clears throat> Yeah, we never know what's gonna happen. I mean thank God I had David there, you know, trying to so help that, me that, out, you know. That that brought me to that, you know, you know, that that revolu that you know that Revelation. Revelation, thank you. The the thank like okay, whenever we have R and R on Thursdays, I guess not only will you know if Brandon's here I guess I'll also have to, you know, have be signing on there too. Yeah. Because... Okay. Oh, by the way, let's um say hello to everyone in the chat. We got the Godfather, Dominic Williams. We got Chuck Jose, Daniel Berry, Sports Highlights, both on the sofa, and Motionless Zombie, and Ben Wellner and William the Conqueror. Hope you guys are. Hope you guys are doing well. Yep. 
Hey, don't worry about, about it. He'll be fine. Yeah. I'm if he sure has he will. To, if he has to play mute, you know, for the rest of the show, guess what? We could always communicate with him in sign language. Uh, I don't know sign language. I do not know American sign language. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah I, you know a little bit of it. <laughs> uh, no, not like no. Aside from that. Aside from that. By the way, people, this is why you should tune in live when, you know, on the, when we do this, you know, on air, you know, like for everyone to see live. Yeah. Video version. Yeah. This is why we, this is why on uh, our show, um, we tried to get on Spotify for the popcorn panel, but I feel the show works better as a visual medium because there are certain gags that I do or other people on the show do that are purely visual <laughs> and <laughs> like that. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> oh, another thing you need to know about me if you haven't seen the popcorn panel before. I'm obsessed with Lost, so if I get away with a Lost joke, <laughs> I'm we're obsessed. Almost, we're almost at the 10-minute mark now. Um, but yeah, I changed the format to the show, if you guys haven't known already, that instead of waiting for each topic per host on, you know, when we hit the second hour, we do it on the first hour, because a lot of people t tend to mess what we have to talk about, you know, for the main topics, which is on the thumbnail of the mm -hmm. YouTube version, you know, basically we're going to be talking about, you know, we're going to be talking about, you know, um, the reason of Vincent Mann, you know, being, you know, what happened with Vince? I, I didn't see. Well, well, we're, we're talking about, we're going to be talking about, you know, Vincent Mann, why he was, you know, removed off creative, you know, Oh, but, thank God. And, and, I didn't know about that. Thank God. And then we're also going to be talking about why Michael Cole missed Raw this past Monday, which is kind of, you know, which is which is very, very rare for anyone like Michael Cole to skip out on Raw or any WWE product. Because this is the third time he has not been at a WWE show in his entire career. Damn. And say whatever you want about Michael Cole, what, whether you want to criticize his commentary duties or the way how his character is. But let's be honest. If you want to talk about, you know, a veteran, you know, in regards to being with the WWE in regards to non-wrestling roles, Michael Cole is that guy because he's been there. You oh, know, like yeah. Since, he's been there since 1997. So, you gotta I give say like ninety seven or ninety eight. Ninety seven, and you gotta give the man respect somewhere where it's due, in in a way. But with that being said, we're gonna go ahead with our one topic per per co host. Uh, Eric, you might want to write down some of your uh, topic on your board, or maybe more than one board if you got more, more than just one thing to say. Um, but yeah, this is how it works. Whenever someone talks, the first person to talk will do their um will give out their topic and hello there to the man who brings the viewers down. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, house of Chayton, Chayton long. Uh, by the way, uh, hope, uh, things are going well on your end, you know, personally, and hopefully you have a good time tomorrow night on SmackDown. Cause when I talked to him this past Sunday night, uh, he said that he was going to go to SmackDown this Friday. I think they're going to be live in San Antonio, I believe. So yeah. 
just stopping by to drop a like. All right. But yeah. Um, but as you know, first person to talk gets to give their topic. And since I'm already doing that, I'll go ahead and start. Now, I want you all to look at something that I took that Romy showcased this past Monday on Bofas. Um, now, you, I'm gonna, you see all that? Yep. Oh, I, oh my God. Yep. And I even put this as a Facebook post. Like, you, you don't normally see this in South Carolina. Now, I guarantee if I was on here, the views would double. <laughs> well, one of these days, you will, you, you probably will, will show up for an episode. Maybe, maybe a spot in the Hall of Fame, but who knows? But this, but that spot ain't for you this year. It's going to be for Ben for the final R and R of 2023. Now, the now here's the reason why that photo was taken. If you didn't notice, there were some, there were some people, there were some kids, uh, college kids that were that were dressed up as smurfs star wars characters like darth vader and such and you guessed it barbie they were split into groups but the whole but the whole you know but everyone within within it are from the swim team from what we were told and the reason why for that i was because they were there to play a game of mini golf. Well, there you go. That that there you go. There's the internet. There you go. This is how it happened with me. Shit. Now you know how I feel. <laughs> and then there's a chant after the day. Anyways, holy continue. Sh- continue. Holy sh- holy sh- <laughs> <clears throat> Let me go ahead and check the side of things. Oh, we'll be praying for your dad then, Ben. Give me a second. I got to check to see if my video isn't messed up, you know, on my side. All right. There we go. At least we're at least we're doing good. Okay. Now. Okay. So let me repeat myself one more time. Most of those people in the photo were, you know, Smurfs. Star Wars and Barbie. And the reason for that, all of those people in that photo, well, some of them, not all, a majority of them are on the swim team at a college, you know? And that photo, as I said, was taken somewhere in my area of, you know, South Carolina, you know, Gaffney, where at the movie theater that me and my, my family go to every Monday night for bowling, but they were there for mini golf. Because they have a mini golf course, you know, like, you know, right next to the movie theater slash bowling alley thing. Which we'll have to do sometime. I mean, it would be pretty cool, you know, to, you know, to play some mini putt-putt, you know. But, <laughs> um, but regardless, I believe that in a way, here's, here's another funny thing for you about that. I think after one of them were done playing golf, one of the handles, and I swear to God that I'm not making this up, but 
one of the handles to the golf clubs, like one of those put putters, were blue because of the because of one of the ones painted like yeah. Smurfs. One of the handles were blue because of because, like because of the Smurfs. Oh. Like, so I was in my head because I didn't say this out loud while we had some friends along because again my mom doesn't want me to be you know like you know, vulgar and funny, you know, or, or vulgar and funny, like mixed up into one vulgny. But anyway, I, I digress. It felt like, you know, like they, I think they rubbed on that, you know, putter so hard. It's like, as if, you know, they were trying to, you know, trying to, trying to come for something, if you know what I mean. And if you and if you just didn't get the joke, then you don't understand what I was talking about. Wait. I didn't hear anything because I had myself on mute. I had to talk to somebody. In my one of my well, folks. The way, how, well, the, the way how they were rubbing, like they they must have had all that blue, you know, remnants on the on the golf club on the golf clubs, you know, handle. It's like they, you know, they rubbed it so hard they must have come. Oh, 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 Rub that part, put her so hard, take that out of context. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, well, then again, everybody needs Jesus. But, yeah, that's um, that's my uh, topic. <sighs> um, who wants... Oh, by the way, uh, Victor, since you are our special guest for tonight, you will go last in the topic so you can give your review for, you know, for Magnolia. Oh, crap. Yeah. Okay. Crap. So, yeah. So I might Ooh, put uh, myself on mute unless I have something to say. Um, there you go. All right. So, who's up next? Andrew, Michael, or Eric? Who wants to go next? All right, Eric. I guess I guess I'll go next since I spoke. No, 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 no. Eric, raise your right, hand. So. All right, I'm, I'm now Eric wrote on a seven-time uncle as of 7.55 a.m. this morning. My sister gave birth to a baby boy named uh, Carson Reese Alexander, 8 pounds and 14 ounces. Aww. Oh, congratulations. Yay! Have a cigar. Have another one. No, even have them all. Happy moments, happy moments. So is that, so is that uh, your topic right there? All right, Andrew, you were um, you were wanting yes, to go next, so you go next. Yes. Well, since I haven't done any sports scores in a while, so I'll do that now for my pick. We got the NHL scores for tonight. Unfortunately, my Leafs are losing two 0 against the Florida Panthers. Michael, your Buffalo Sabres game is tied right now in the second of two to two right now. Yeah. Two to two. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Eric. Thank you, Astro Soccer. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Eric. Thank you, Eric. <laughs> so anyways, uh, Vancouver is currently winning right now, two to one. Nashville's winning big time, three nil right now against the Rangers. Flyers is winning at the end of the first against the Oilers, Kings 1-0 against Minnesota, 
no score yet for the Coyotes and the Blues game. Uh, the Jets is winning against the Golden Knights uh, 1-0 in the first. And there are four games on later tonight. Uh, Seattle against Carolina at 10 o'clock to Eastern. Same for Dallas and, and Anaheim. And Eric, you're going to be happy with this one. Your Bruins against places the San Jose Sharks later tonight at 1030. As well as the Blackhawks and the Avalanche. And at the end of my topic. And I'm second to last for Pro Wrestler of the Week. Go Bruins. Uh, yes, thank geez. you. It's good. Yes. It's good. Continue on, Mike. Continue on. I had to do some thinking. Well, first, let's start with this. Judgment Day. Once again, champions. Really, guys? Really? Yeah, that's... How stupid. That that is something we need to talk about right there. That's just stupid. So basically, what Michael's referring to this past Monday night on Raw, the Judgment Day, Finn Balor and Damian Priest recently regained Judgment Day sucks. <laughs> the undisputed WWE Tag Team titles away from Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso. And the reason why for that was because of Jimmy Uso, you know, costing them the match. So, but then again, here's the problem right here. They shouldn't have taken those titles off in the first place. That's what I was thinking, too. But then again, what was the point, like again, with Dominic Mysterio, what is the point with you taking the titles off of, you know, the champions if you're going to give them back to them? On, on a later date and time, like a week or so. It's like, you know, again... That that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. It's like, you... It's like, it's like Dominic Mysterio all over again, and it's also, it's also the whole Judgment Day thing, like, what is, is there any favoritism? Is there, like, favoritism going on for the Judgment Day in regards to WWE Creative? Because, Ari Emanuel? I don't know. Because I think, in my view, it's it's ridiculous of how this company is ter- is going, you know, like with this kind of, you know, management and booking right now. Because and some of this, and some like, of this is Rhea Ripley, too. Nobody, and nobody can get a proper decent title reign. The only one that hasn't won, lost the title, you know, in that group is Rhea Ripley. And if I'm not mistaken, it's been a while since she's actually competed, right? I just don't understand hmm. it. I, think I know. Is the hottest group now. Huh. Really gone. Well, maybe so, but it doesn't, you know, make any, make any sense as to why that, you know, we're looking like it, it looks just real bad, you know, for anybody else who tries to win titles. Like Cody just won his first title since coming back into the WWE. And it was with Jey Uso, which, again, Jey Uso is no stranger to tag team titles. But, again, what was the point, you know? It, it just, it was so stupid. Like, you can't even, you can't even try to make it, you know, make it any excuse for, you know, titles. <coughs> it, there's no way to justify the, you know, the ends to the means, you know? I'm not over that either, believe it or not. I'm not over Trip Williams losing the 
I'm not over Triple Williams, you know, losing the North American title either. I mean, it, it's it's it was that's a bad, no pun intended, judgment call by the WWE's booking process. It's ludicrous. Honestly, what what I mean, if, I know they're under new management under the whole TKO thing, like with where the merger since Endeavor bought the companies of UFC and WWE, but. If this is their, you know, way of handling things, you know, then I'm sorry. We we need need something. Something's, you know, up, you know, so. Dumb. <laughs> dumb Mysterio sucks. Dumb. <laughs> oh, dumb, you know, dumb. Dumb, dumb. Yeah, yeah. It's a hyphen. It's a hyphen. I'm sorry. I know. Dumb, dumb. I love now, here's the thing. I know that they've recently have new general managers for both Raw and SmackDown with Adam Pearce on Raw and Nick Aldis going to SmackDown. Here's the thing. If I were Adam Pearce on Monday Night Raw shoes, it, in terms of Rhea Ripley getting involved so many times, as far as I'm concerned, just disband Judgment Day as a whole. Just like how Jim Cornette disbanded Team Canada Back in 2006 or seven. Well, well, then again, here's the problem. Even though, yes, I can't agree with that, that they need to go. But because here's the thing. Edge was the one who created that, that you know, that faction. And I believe Edge should have, you know, remained as the leader of that faction and kept it going. And maybe he wouldn't have, you know, had to turn face forcibly because Cody was injured, which... Again, they had other people there that they could make into top stars if they wanted to to play the the good guy against the Judgment Day. But still, then there's but then there's the problem, you know, with again lack of leadership because there's no leader within that group to make it mm-hmm. worthwhile. I mean, no one wanted to boo Edge. Well, well, yeah, the Edge, man's a well, I guess like because Edge has, you know, earned respect. But then again, still, it just didn't make sense for them to, like, you know, turn him heel after Cody had no choice but to leave for a while to heal up from the pectoral muscle tear, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Usually I go for, but in terms of the nomination, by the way, Judgment Day is so not getting it. This The nomination this week. I usually go for the AEW. I'm not giving any respect to Impact. I got to do that right now. Why to give Kozlov an Impact? What? Yeah, Vladimir Kozlov recently returned to professional wrestling on Impact Wrestling. And not going to lie, that's a very... That's pretty... Ooh. You know, a, oh, he's Prudius? Oli Brutius. Oh, that's the name of uh, Kozlov uh, in Impact. I'm after the two out of three. I'm after the two out of three falls main event from last week's Impact. This man got a real big win over Eddie Edwards, and for that, he's got it this week. Frankie Kazarian. I heard Sting is retiring. The wrestler, not the singer. I thought it was. <laughs> Well, I well, the thing is, I don't think Sting is going to retire until he has a final matchup. That, you know, that's probably a one-on-one match. It's gonna. Be, I think it's going to be a Revolution in twenty twenty-four. 
that's where that's where he first started, you know, in AEW for their, you know, like in regards to his AEW in ring return at Revolution. Mm-hmm. All right. So is that it for uh, you, Michael? Oh yeah. All right, Victor. Okay, let's try and get what I uh, was talking about on Tuesday potentially um, ended and we can go from there and have episode 50 of my show go out hopefully without a hitch because as you can tell, my net's back on. So where was I? Okay, Magnolia. If you haven't heard of this movie, it's from 1999. It's a drama movie written and directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. Psychological. Psychological, epic. According according to what Wikipedia says, I'm not going to use Wikipedia now. I'm just going to go full phrase. Let's just get this brief over, done with. I'm not going to waste my time, waste too much time. So the movie centers around several different characters. They are all kind of troubled human beings, which which I'll get to hopefully uh, if I even remember to get to some of the characters here. And it's pretty much about them and their lives and their struggles. And it takes, it's a whole three hour and nine minute epic of them trying to come to terms with their lives. And as the description says, they are in search of happiness, forgiveness, and meaning. Now, this movie is, to me, one of the best films of 99. I mean, this is one of those movies where it is very unique. It has multiple storylines. There's nine main characters in the movie and it all comes in. Like there's multiple stories in the movie, yet it feels like one cohesive narrative. At least to me, it felt like one cohesive narrative. And for a three hour movie, it never ever dragged for me. And that's saying a lot because some of other some other Paul Thomas Anderson movies do drag for me. I mean, Punch Drunk Love is a good movie, but that movie somewhat drags. There Will Be Blood is the most overrated movie I've ever seen in my entire life, and just, and that movie is shorter than Magnolia, yet it feels longer, in my view. Now you got a loaded cast here. You got Tom Cruise. You got Philip Seymour Hoffman. You have William H Macy. Freaking Alfred Molina, Doc Ock himself makes an appearance in this movie. Yeah, um, I, I noticed that, you know, while I was watching it. I hate to cut you off. I noticed that when 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 I was watching it, you know, on Tuesday, you know, and I took two breaks, you know, to watch all three hours of the movie. I noticed he was only there for one, one scene. But his one scene's really good. His one scene is really funny. I mean, I'll admit, his his like, you know, um, his like a uh, foreign, you know, accent or whatever, you know, he was Yeah, I think it's supposed like, to be foreign. Yeah, it was actually pretty decent, not going to lie. Yeah, and um you also have Tom Cruise obviously who my, you know, if you've seen my show, you know I'm a huge Tom Cruise fan. I love Mission Impossible except for Mission Impossible 2. We can that we can fuck right off. And Jerry Maguire, of course, my favorite movie of all time. A movie I praise about as much as Buffy and Lost. And Scream, that too. Any, almost all of them except for Scream 4. But well, yeah, he's British, but he sounded something. yeah, I know, but he had a different accent. So I'm thinking he's like, like um, I don't know what type of accent he's trying to portray here. I'm trying to think of what it could be. Like, think of it like uh, his accent reminded me a little bit of the pizza guy in Spider-Man 2. 
the Mr. Aziz kind of reminds me. Yeah, it reminds me of that kind of accent. Well, maybe that, but I feel like he might have sounded European, you know, in a yeah, sense. somewhat European. And uh, but that's besides the point. This movie has so many storylines, so many characters. I'm probably gonna have not have time to go through all of them, but I'll just go through some of the major ones. We have a kid who is a smart Stanley. kid. Yeah, Stanley. He's a smart kid. He goes on a he's on a game show. He's been on a game show for a long this game show for a long time, and we learn eventually he doesn't want to be on this game show anymore because. His father is not physically abusing him, but emotionally abusing him to win money for the game show so he could take it for take all the money for himself. And he's not nice to the kid either. He's not nice. And this all kind of intertwines with another character, Wimich Macy's character. He is a former game show contestant when he was a kid. And he's Donnie Smith. That's the character's name. The guy with the red glasses. And he you know, is a very smart guy as well. But however, he wants the main struggle for him is that it's funny because it with his parents a long time ago, they took the money he earned from that show away from him. And he wants to steal the money and, you know, for himself, he wants to take, take what's his. And at the same time, he wants to use that money to get braces because it's revealed that he is, a closeted homosexual and he wants to impress a guy at a bar that he really likes who <laughs> probably is straight. No, the bartender, that's what you're yeah, referring the, to. Yeah. And, he's the, probably and the problem straight. is the bartender, the bartender was straight. Yes. And, but because the, he's flirting with another chick in his opening scene. If you paid attention when he was so, yeah. serving the beer to. Yeah. And, um, there's a couple other storylines want to get to, but that's the that's two of them. The one with Tom Cruise is involving him. He is, uh oh, he, uh, he is having trouble with his father because his father is dying of cancer. I think it's lung cancer, and he is trying. He is. He has a problem with him because he left him at a very very young age age 14 13 or 14 according to the movie and he was cheating on his wife and you know neglecting the kid when he was like neglecting him when he was a kid and now he's turned into a motivational speaker for this company called seduce and destroy which is pretty much about hooking up with chicks that's pretty much it it's hooking up with chicks to the point where he has a catchphrase uh, where they he claims he wants everybody in his classes, like his you know his se seminars, to tame the cunt, <laughs> to tame the cunt, and the yeah, but that's the basis of that one. We also so and also not only while that's going on, his wife played by Julianne Moore, the, the the old guy's wife. Uh oh, doors. Hold on, give me one. I gotta get the door. Hold Oh, actually, somebody else got the door. So, Julianne Moore's character, she is married to Jason Robards' character, you know, the old guy who's dying of cancer. And she is high on medication, extreme amounts of medication, because she she realized at the last minute that he loves him. Because at first, he she he married she married him to be as a gold digger. She only wanted the money, and she was cheating on him behind his back and all that. And 
at the at the last time he at the last moment she, she realized that she loves him. She he, she's kind of dealing with that. We also have the fact we have a cop. Oh, played it's, by like, John. it's like it's like those moments like oh sure now you love him uh, after when he's dying, but oh when you when you when he was yeah she realizes it and uh you you kind of simplify even though she's done very terrible things you 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 get. The fact you get the you get I think the acting comes across as like the acting's very good because it does a good job telling you telling the viewer yeah she, even though she realizes it's too late you know she can try and change as a person she's trying to change as a person so oh god I, I'm not gonna take very long Ben you be quiet that's not this is not like it's lost mind you um <laughs> I, because I'm explaining multiple stories here this is this is not just one story but. And then there's the final storyline, which I'll get to. Okay, there's more than one. Okay, there's second, two other storylines I have to get to. The other one involves the game show host, you know, the game show that Stanley is on. He's uh, named Jimmy Gator. I made a mistake. I call. I forgot what I called him before. Phil Gator before on the popcorn panel. I forgot. It's Jimmy Gator. I'm writing write that one down too. He has a difficult relationship with his daughter because he did a very awful thing that's later revealed in the movie just a terrible terrible thing which i don't even think youtube will even allow me to say what it is it's that bad and uh, honestly i wouldn't worry about it i mean it's uh, let's just, okay let's just put it like this way he it's revealed that like he allegedly or may have no it's know, confirmed that he did it's no, he, it's he's trying he to did, that he molested um uh, a girl, like a little his girl. daughter, his daughter, his own daughter, and of course, you know he he. It's revealed at the very end, but that's besides the point. The, the, the it because at, because of this, he's having a troubled relationship with his wife. He's cheating on her behind the back behind her back with another woman from the game show. She's dealing with that potential thing, that thing that he did all those years ago. That's coming back to haunt him because when he meets, you know, he comes to visit. Claudia, her his daughter, in the beginning of the movie, and she doesn't even want to fucking see. Him. She's get the she was she's she is completely high on what's believed to be is it cocaine? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's cocaine. It's the white stuff, and yeah, she, she because she turned into a drug addict because of this, it's emotional trauma that she had, and she and we'll get to her storyline in a little bit. But when she you know, when he goes to visit her, she's like he's like. Get the fuck out! Get out! Get out! She's hysterical. Get the fuck out! And all that stuff. And it uh, comes to eventually bite him in the ass, of course, because karma's a bitch. We'll get to that later. You're getting to Claudia now. She eventually does fall in love with John C. Riley, who plays this cop who doesn't, who's kind of lonely. He's neglected by the police department that he works for, even though he does do a good job caring about, you know, these situations that he's getting himself into. Plus. If I if I remember correctly, he, I don't think he cursed in this movie. He he, he he's uh, they make it a point that he's actually religious. They make it a point that he's actually a religious man. He doesn't cuss. Huh? They make it a point, and because you could see in his opening scene, he's actually praying before he goes to work. Actually, in his opening scene, in the opening scene of the movie, so he's a religious man. He believes, you know, his job. Even though he's he he he's getting neglected, he loves his job. And she falls in love with her, even though she has a lot of problems. Of course, the heroin, not the heroin, not heroin, cocaine, and that stuff that her father did to her. And, but she becomes a better person because, because of him. He 
is like the only person. Uh, I mean, the the wife, you know, the, her mother does come go back around with her. Like she does finally, you know, accept her who for who she is at the end of the movie. But you know, she finally has someone who understands her now. As the to movie, why, she is, why she is. Yeah, and the movie culminates because because there's this pacing where everything starts out calm and then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. It's like an anxiety attack. It's like it goes bigger, more d d extreme revelations. It just goes bam, bam, bam. It's like it's all this crazy shit going on. Then it culminates two hours in, which I haven't forgot to talk to you about, Jordy, which we haven't discussed yet, which yeah. is the sequence where all the characters are singing to Amy Mann's Wise Up I, song. I, okay, if there's one thing I loved about the movie is that bit right That there. is a brilliant bit because even though, yeah, it comes out of nowhere, but pay attention to what the lyrics say and that's what the movie's about. They have to wise up. They have to become better people to escape from these obstacles. That's what the song is about. Brilliant song, by the way. All the songs in this movie are done by Amy Mann. Phenomenal soundtrack. Phenomenal. But that is a brilliant scene. And I'm glad you pointed that out because I love that scene. I absolutely love that scene. I, I loved it too. I mean, I may have had my little bit of issues with the multiple storylines and the longevity of the movie, but there are some things in it that I did love, you know? And, yeah. And then it all culminates to where... um. There's raining frogs, and it turns into like a almost like a disaster movie at this point, where it's like cars crashing. There's the the houses are getting falling apart, and it and it it it's all about the like this force, which I can only assume is some version of God, and I, pretty much I, trying I think, to I think fix could, their lives. It could. It could be that, although I don't know if I should read. You know the, you know that bit next. You already to did it. You already did it the first time. Don't repeat yourself. Yeah, I mean, but still, um, it is a good. It, it it helps bring out context. You know, it brings out context to the movie because Paul Thomas Anderson didn't realize that stuff. Actually, she, he didn't realize. He only put it in the script because he figured because it was, it was his way of explaining the opening scene of the movie where strange things do happen. For example, the murder of the kid. By his parents, it's well, actually, actually, accidental murder, accidental murder, and it, it, because it, his it, mom had a loaded shotgun that was loaded by his own, by her own freaking son, when she only used that gun to actually, you know, to scare her husband, you know, and all that. But and she, she pulled the trigger when she pulled and, the trigger, the it went off and and because he was committing crack. suicide. He had a he even wrote a suicide letter, so when he was jumping off, boom, the bullet hit him. Yeah. So and that, that like, it's like a Rube Goldberg machine. It's almost like a the, Final Destination was, movie. She was all like, like ah, <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh, dark, it's, funny. Funny. It's, dark, it's funny at the same time. It's so dark, but it's like a dark comedy. Yeah, this movie is kind of like a dark comedy. Um, but yeah, it, the raining frogs. The, you know, the guy. You know, Jimmy Gator. He's about to kill himself because now his wife knows about what he did to his, his daughter. He's about to kill himself, like put, put his bowl inside his mouth. But then the frogs come running down to his house and crashes the place. And the gun, when he's about to shoot, when he shoots, it launches to the TV plug, you know, the plug for the TV. And it starts a house fire. And he pretty much, he gets killed 
but not the way you think. He just gets karma for what he deserved. You get what you fucking deserve, in the words of Joker. Funny, funny thing is, it's like this. Like, the impact and the frog hit hitting him, causing him not to shoot himself. He, he, no, he, he does himself. shoot. He attempts to shoot himself, but it fires back at the TV. And it yeah. causes the house fire. Yeah, but also he was he also had cancer, so hold on a second, Victor. You mentioned Amy Moon. She was a member of the 80s band called Till Yes, I do know that. I do know that. I do know that. Okay. And her music for this movie is brilliant. If you don't if you if if even if you don't watch the movie, at least listen to the soundtrack. She her her music's brilliant. But yeah, um like but still, the guy was so the guy was gonna kill himself with a gun, but the frog intervenes because it goes through the roof, and bullet goes through the electrical socket, and then he gets knocked out. House fire kills him, but then again, he was already you know diagnosed with cancer, so it makes you wonder what really did kill him. Yeah, it makes you wonder, but he, he, it's proved it's pretty much heavily implied that he died anyway. I'm thinking that it's the house fire because the house fires usually go off pretty quick if you don't know what you're doing. So I think it's the house fire that killed him in the end. At least that's what I think. And then Tom Cruise and the other guy, Earl Partridge, is the other uh, his father. Partridge, by a, yeah, Partridge, like the Partridge family. <laughs> the Partridge. I don't know why I said the Partridge family, but he, you know, he eventually Tom Cruise does eventually go see him. He has he he still kind of hates him, but at the same time he still loves him. His performance in that scene where he just emotionally crushed by that, it's brilliant. It's one of it's one of Tom Cruise's best performances he's ever given. I won't say I won't go so far to say it as it beats Jerry Maguire, but it's a great performance. And speaking of which, I'm gonna go back to the wise up sequence for a minute because that song that they sing, you wanna know something? Fun fact. That song was originally written for Jerry Maguire. It was. And Cameron Crowe, the director of Jerry Maguire, did not use it because he didn't fit, he didn't think it would fit the scene that it would be in, which I would only assume would be the scene where Jerry gets the divorce papers from Dorothy in Jerry Maguire, because instead of Secret Garden by Bruce Springsteen coming back in again after it was previously played before, it would play Wise Up by Amy Mann. But Cameron Crowe objected to that, and he was allowed. To, she was allowed to take the song to this movie. And there you go. That's actually a Jerry Maguire Magnolia connection, not just Tom Cruise, that song. So, yeah. And then, um, of course, Claudia and uh, uh, um, the uh, uh, John C. Riley character, for example, Jim Curring, they end up together. Stanley stands up for himself, saying, I don't want to fucking do this game show anymore. I don't want to be embarrassed. And realizes still that he's actually smart. Like, he's the only one out of all the frog attacks that it actually, like, he's like, wow, I'm actually witnessing something. And, you know, witnessing something that, you know, he'll remember forever. Like, he, he could, you know, something that he could tell his children. And history, you know? He, you know, and at the end of the movie, he goes back to home because he's at the library at that scene. And he tells his father... You have to be nice to me. Go to bed, he says. And then you have to be nice to me. Like, and then he says again, go to bed. So it, it's not quite clear if he does um, uh, in terms of like uh, treats him better, which I can only assume that he did because the rest of the ending is very hopeful. So I would only assume that he would actually, you know, treat Stanley right. And as for William H. Macy's character, he realizes that 
he does have love because he's trying to find love. And of course, he realizes in that guy in the bar realizes who it is with the guy in the bartender. And he's about to steal the money that he won at the game show all those years ago. But then Jim's there to stop him because he's a police officer and he's getting any because the, the frogs are m making his car go all topsy turvy and eventually like kind of crashes the wall. And with, with uh, John C. Riley's character being there, he finally finds somebody who cares about him. Like, not in love in, like, the physical way, but someone who cares about him. And that's what I love about that storyline and how it concludes. And as for, you know, um, Julianne Moore, she actually ODs after the Lies Up sequence, but the frogs actually get her to the, amb to the hospital just in time because the ambulance is there, but then it crashes, but she ends up surviving. So, and potentially becoming a better person, probably more than likely. So, the movie ends on a really nice note, like a really good note. And, like I said, the soundtrack makes, and in fact, Paul Thomas Anderson was actually inspired by Amy Mann's songs to do this movie. That's the reason why those songs are so important. He incorporated those songs as part of his idea for the script, and it's fucking brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. And this movie is a must-see. If you haven't seen it already, you should, you should all watch it. I'll give it a 5 out of 5. It is the best. No, it's not the best. I, I need to watch Fight Club again to determine if this truly is the best movie in 1999. But I'm going to say Fight Club is still my favorite movie in 99. I've never seen The Green Mile, by the way. I know I've never seen The Green Mile. So I'm going to need to watch that to determine that one. But this is a brilliant film that everybody needs to see. Even Roger Ebert loved this movie. That he put it in his great movies list in November 2008 and part of one of his books. It's brilliant. And it's Paul Thomas Anderson's magnum opus. He never got this good ever again. Not There Will Be Blood, not Punch Drunk Love, not Nicholas Pizza, not the, the – what's the other one? The Master, not that one, not Phantom Fred. This, this is his magnum opus. It's three hours that flies by for me incredibly fast. It is so good. And it's a movie you have to see to believe. It's brilliant. Five out of five. That's all I got to say. I gave it a four out of five most, but I think, but then again, I really do see where you're coming from in regards to the reviewing. Because movie. it's something about this movie. It's unique. You, you, you can say anything you want about the movie, but you can't tell me that it's not unique. I will agree with that, you know. Because, especially considering a lot of the crap we're getting today in terms of today's movies, it's so refreshing to see a movie that yeah got awards consideration but also felt like a movie that is a crowd pleaser like this movie feels like a crowd pleaser yeah it has its weird moments but it's a movie that anybody could enjoy and even though it deals with very tough themes very dark themes it deals with them superbly maturely and emotionally by the end of this movie you feel emotional. You feel connected to these characters. And once it stops, it feels like, man, you want to go on that journey again. So that's why I want to say about Magnolia, five out of five, brilliant fucking movie. All I right. Got, I, got, I got a question for that. What was it? Yeah. You, there, you said there's a game show host. Jimmy Gator, was it? Yeah, Jimmy Gator. What was the, what was the name of the game show that he did? It was, called, it was a kid's show called um, – I have it right here. It was called – 
It was what called do What Do Kids Know? What Do Kids Know? Because the game show is essentially these kids facing off these adult with these adults. Sort of like, like a battle like, of the sexes, are, but it's battle of the kids and the adults. It's like, you know, are you smarter than a, than a fifth grader? In a way, but there's three adult contestants and three... Or wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. Which, which grader is it? Is it third grader? Or it's fifth, fifth grader. Are you smarter than okay. a fifth grader? Okay. Are you sure it's? Are you sure you didn't do Who Wants to Be a Slap Nuts? No, no, no. Ah. But yeah, <laughs> because ah. if he did that, because, the reason I asked that is because it, if he did that, three people would, would definitely qualify. Tiffany Stratton, Jeff Jarrett, Jack Perry. Boom. I forgot about The Matrix. That's one of the best movies of 99, too. I forgot about The Matrix. I don't know why I would forget about the fucking Matrix. Probably because the sequels are so horrible. I mean, most of... Reloaded, I like. Revolutions is okay. Resurrections can kiss my ass. But listen up, slap nuts. (laughs) 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 But yeah, 1999 was a brilliant year for movies, so it's hard. It's hard because 1999 was such a brilliant year for movies. And honestly... (laughs) Magnolia should have been nominated for a lot more than it than it than it did because why would freaking American Beauty win Best Picture? That's all the worst movies in '99. Yeah, oh, people say, oh, it's the best picture of the year, even though the, the movie hasn't aged well because Kevin Spacey is a creepy fuck. So yeah, and not only that, it's just sometimes really pretentious, like the plastic bag scene. Oh, he feels like there's so much beauty in the world over a fucking plastic bag. Six Feet Under from the same writers, American Beauty was so much better. And Six Feet Under is actually coming to Netflix on November first, so everybody watch it on Netflix. Even though it's already on Max, but fuck David Sasslov. Sasslov can kiss my ass. Anyway, first time you're talking, you're talking smack about Sasslov on on this show. Well, I talk Sasslov. That's another thing that the, that the audience should know that I talk about Sasslov a lot, maybe way too much on the popcorn bit. I roast him. Ha- almost practically every week because of the stupid stuff that he does. Yeah. I mean, come on. Why are you going to put you, you price the the prices on Max now are so ridiculous. Like it's like ugh, what? 17.99 now and now with the sports shit it's going to be like $20. You're going to be as well as expensive as Netflix. Speaking of which, I saw the Netflix Increase their prices. David Sasslov is a slap nut. I absolutely agree. He's my arch nemesis. He's like my public enemy number one. I hate that guy. I can't stand him. It's basically, he only does things for the money. He doesn't do it for art for art's sake. I mean, look at the movies that Warner Brothers has released this year. Other than Barbie, none of them have been successful. None of them. The DC which is, movies. Which is, which is sad, but true. Yeah, like a Metallica song. That that Metallica song. But um, the like everything that Warner's released this year is bombing left and right. You got Blue Beetle bomb. You got Shazam two bomb. You got freaking Venom two. As far as I'm concerned, underperformed. And House Party, the remake of House Party, that bombed. A bunch of others that I probably can't even remember oh, yeah. right now. Velma is the worst example, too. Velma's not a movie. That's a TV show. but And it got a second season for some fucking reason. So I don't even know what was Warner smoking when they would decide, hey, let's do a second season. Even though it pissed off so many people, including myself. He just, yeah, he just mentioned that, uh, Hunter, The Flash. Oh, The Flash. Oh, The Flash. That $200 million disaster. 
That movie lost so much money that I'm surprised Warner isn't bankrupt. That's how bad it bombed. That's how bad it bombed. And now they're going to be You realize how much armor I put on that movie? You just blew $200 million right <laughs> Yeah, it cost like $200 million. <laughs> and it looks like shit. How many? Actually, correction. $220 million. And yet the movie looks like the vi- the garbage. Love, no DQ at WrestleMania 40. Yeah. Uh, 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 Vince making, no, not Vince. Ari Emanuel, make it happen. Triple H, make it happen. I beat his ass in less than five Nick seconds. Nick cheer. Nick, Nick Khan. Nick Khan, make it happen. Yeah, okay. So the, the Flash was one of the biggest box office bombs of all time with projections of a $200 million loss for Warner Brothers. Congratulations. $200 million loss. You lost $200 million on top of the $200 million that you you that you that produced for the movie. You, you And Aquaman 2, that's going to bomb. I'm, it's not just because of Amber Heard. It just doesn't look good at all. So Warner, like, they need to get rid of Zaslav before it's too late. That's my, that's my thing. Because I thought Bob Iger was bad. Huh. Zaslav makes Bob Iger look like a good person. You know, Victor, yeah. you and I have a lot in common. We like to roast certain people. You like to roast Zaslav. I like to roast Tiffany Stratton. <laughs> well, in your case, it's if you want to, if you really want to insult Tiffany Stratton, why don't you just call her uh, Tiffany Strap on? Oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! Yeah, I'm gonna have to, you know, I'm gonna need Jesus after this. I need to, you know, pray. Well, yeah, that, you know, David Saslov needs to go before it's too late because otherwise, um, I would say Warner Brothers is in a lot of <laughs> Oh my god, that's right. Wonka is yeah. theirs. That that the Timothy Chalamet uh, Willy Wonka movie. I forgot that that was theirs. All but, right. How are you doing, uh, DXP? Um, we're about to get into our advertisements as soon as we hit the one hour mark. But and I'm gonna announce them on air. You know, which I did put them on the live chat. But so yeah, uh, <laughs> let's see how much Wonka costs. Okay, 125 million dollars. Depending on how it does, maybe it could do well. Especially considering that Wonka is a well-known property. It's a, the origin story of Willy Wonka. And um The origin I, story yeah, of see, Willy Wonka? Yeah, it's the, that's what the movie's about. It's his origin story. But wait, I'm confused. Didn't they already showcase his origin in Charlie and the Truck Effect? Briefly. And plus it's a reimagining. It's not going to be following the Tim Burton version, probably because it's too divisive. Even though I love Charlie and Chocolate Factory, the Tim Burton one. I love that one. I mean, I don't I, care. I, I, I loved I, it. I love it too. I loved it. Uh, the original is great and everything, but the, re- but the Tim Burton one is so underrated. So, yeah, Warner Brothers can eat my ass because literally. <laughs> and also, I bet you that <laughs> Warner Brothers universe that James Gunn is doing is going to fail miserably. I mean, I heard so many horror stories already about how. They may not even be in full control of it. That's how bad it is. I'm just like, they're confused about what they want to do because do they want to bring in Blue Beetle even though he's in the fucking DCEU? So you're going to mix two different continuities into one? (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Water brothers equal snap us. 
Daniel said he kidnapped a bunch of little orange people and squeezed them until they became chocolate. Now, I don't think the color right, purple, on, the music. Yeah. Hold on a second, Vector. It's time to do our, you know, advertisements right here. First, um, we're going to give a shout out to the Pro Wrestling Shoot with Jesse Carter and his friends up there, you know, on the Pro Wrestling Shoot YouTube channel. If you want to check out his, um, you know, YouTube channel with, you know, updates and also some, you know, wrestling you know, uh, topics right there. Go on over to the Pro Wrestling Shoot right now, you know, right here on YouTube and also other social media platforms that they're also part of. Also to Alex Parez, to the WK, I mean, I mean, excuse me, excuse me, I, I, I was going after Ken Henry with the WK, what, what the f***? Um, uh, at the 25K PR TV, only on YouTube, where you can play, you know, a multitude of game shows and within the game show community with Alex Parez you know, which are, you know, ran by him, you know, if you want to get on a game show, like whether it's, you know, something off like The Price is Right, or maybe, I don't know, maybe something else that you could actually relate to, like, you know, maybe something, you know, from, I don't know, Pressure Luck, or maybe, maybe even, you know, like, you know, Wheel of Fortune, maybe, but who knows? Maybe, maybe he'll have some of those one day, but we just never know. Also, actually, to... yeah, know your place, shut your face. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> yeah um and, and uh, <laughs> the next next we're gonna do is is uh you know lce uh, uh or actually l calavera productions which is a shout out to leon calavera uh, the scorpion death drop you can catch him you know doing some animated you know bits and you know and all that stuff on his youtube channel right here and know that he is going to probably you know put in some more hard work with some of most of these flash uh, movies right there but Nonetheless, go ahead and subscribe to him and, you know, when you have the chance. Also to the House of Chayton, who was just here in the live chat not too long ago. Um, he uh, also does things like, you know, the Exiled Outcast with who we got in the live chat right now, Dan XP. Also with, um, and also he does uh, uh, Exiled Inter Entertainment, I believe, which I believe has something to do with movies, I would have to assume. But there's also this new feature that he did recently um, called the, you know, the Exiled Masculinity, you know. And if you guys want to check that out, feel free to do so. And that's the House of Chayton on YouTube.com. And then we got also another thing that me and uh, Victor here are associated with, the David 3000 Network. Yep. Um, you can catch us on Monday. and Excuse me, not Mondays. Was, not I, Monday. Gary, I hate Mondays. Gary, Gary's on Mondays out, but yeah, you can catch us on Tuesdays, Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central and 5 Pacific. So that way you can catch us doing the Popcorn Panel podcast, which will also host not just the two of us. It will also host, you know, uh, William the Conqueror or William Braun or as I like to call him the Conqueror, William Braun. And then there's sometimes the St. Jared Bross whenever he's got time. And hopefully, just like with r, r we hope, you know, Uriel comes back to doing that as well. Yeah. And, and by the way, this next episode will be big because it's our 50th episode. It's a big deal. We, so we, catch we, that. Catch that. We're yeah. going to be doing, out of all movies, The Room. Yes, the good. it's so bad, it's good masterpiece known as The Room. It is so bad, but it's so funny, and it's so brilliant at the same time. It's, so it's, it's a perfect way to do episode 50 because that's a movie's a fucking masterpiece of epic, epically bad proportions. So please join us for that Tuesday, 8 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be awesome. So, yeah, this coming I mean, Tuesday, episode 50 of the Popcorn Panel Podcast. And finally, speaking of Mondays, 
Um, you can go to Mr. Garrison uh, 96 channel with Garrison Newkirk, Jerome Latimer, you know, who hosts the um, the Bofas on the Sofas every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 4 Central, and 2 Pacific. And if you uh, if you want to, you know, like see, you know, them do a lot of things with the Putnam brothers, uh, Alex and Austin Putnam, you know, respectfully, then go on ahead and check them out out and give you know gary a subscribe you know the more you know uh the more viewers the better and yeah we hope you guys have a good time and enjoy all this great content from all these channels that we have just advertised tonight and yeah that is going to be it for the advertisement for all these channels to get their plugins yeah, not to toot my own horn, but I feel like this episode, the, the next episode of Pop we're going to make up for episode 49. We're going to make up for this. I think it's going to be one of our greatest episodes ever, Because just because it's fucking 50. Come on. Not all shows get to episode 50, but ours not, did. Not, well, well, uh, well, Grant and Rave did. Well, to be fair, but I mean, like, I'm talking like some people don't get that far, and we've gone that far. They don't. So... Yeah, please join us uh, if you can. I I I guarantee you, you're, it's gonna be a show you really enjoy because we talk about movies. We do a lot of shenanigans. I annoy these fu the, the fuckers on the show because of Lost. I even made William watch Lost, and he's currently watching Lost. And uh, it's gonna well, be it's hilarious. Well, here's the yeah, thing. I mean the revelation. Of, here's the thing. That's where I forgot because the revelation was a couple of weeks ago when I found out he was watching Lost. Apparently, it was because of Jordy, not because of me. <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, you were encouraging him to watch it, but I convinced him to, you know, like go ahead and watch it because it's not—it's not a bad show. It's a great show. I mean, it's uh, great. It's fucking brilliant. I mean, like, I mean, the only reason why I go at Victor so many times for bringing up Lost on the show—it's like repetitive. Like, it's like every time I try to bring up trying to be funny when, or actually be serious when I don't want any, you know, any, you know, propagandas or political agendas on a certain TV show or movie that I don't want to see put in there. I mean, he's like, ah, da, 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 you know? Yeah. That's not for gimmick to have on the show because I'm anti-politics altogether. But yeah, please join us for the show. I guarantee you, you're going to love it. So I guess that will do it. But that's for Tuesday. This is tonight. Yes. Um, Tom was supposed to be here to give out his give out a special rant on uh, Sonic Superstars. I don't know where he is. What at the, the moment. hell is Sonic Superstars? A porn or something? <laughs> no, it's a it's a video game that recently got got released. You asshole! That video game right oh. there. <laughs> I'm out of touch. <laughs> oh my god! What what else are you? What, what? Tell me something I don't know. Oh boy. But and speaking was, of, I'm out of, out of touch, um, tomorrow will also be the release of Spider-Man 2 for PS5. That's right. That's right. Highly and, anticipated on P PlayStation right here. Only on PlayStation, baby. Not on is, Xbox. Which is kind of prejudiced when you ask me. Well, like, then you get Activision. I get my I get Insomniac games. And you already got Activision. So, to, to be fair. You're also a kleptomaniac. No. <laughs> But oh. also being released tomorrow is Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Isn't that the first game with the new voice? It was yes, it is. not too long ago. And honestly, this is a new era. You know, we're going to see, you know. Hell, if Sonic can change his voice actor several times, Mario will be okay too. Yeah. 
Victor is Oh, Jesus. But yeah, if you guys uh, want to, if you guys done so already, uh, go ahead and pre order them. It's well, it's text. already late to pre order oh, oh, them. Oh, 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 At this oh, oh, case, it will be ordering hold on, them. Victor, hold on a second. I got to say this it's Xbox, not PlayStation. Like, seriously. It's, it's so black, black, white. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah. If you guys haven't done so already, go ahead and pre-order right now. If you know while you still have the time, right here during our you know show right now, and if and if this show is already being broadcasted and being listened to by audio only, then go ahead. Just uh, you know, go ahead and pick up a copy of the games because I mean, after all, I mean, you just you never know when you're gonna actually get the time to play it because after all, we I mean nobody gets that much time playing video games anymore, especially when they you know have all this work and all this other stuff yada 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 which is fine but still you never know when when, when you when you when you've lost that chance yeah and um the of course spider-man 2 is a big deal release and also at the end of december that avatar video game that i hope it's good i hope it's good it's ubisoft so i'm Ubisoft is a mixed bag, but please, for the love of you, God, it's fucking you Avatar. Be... You get to play a Navi. You get to be. You get to play the Blue Monkeys. <laughs> you'll be. You'll be soft now. <laughs> you get to play the blue. Uh, the Blue Monkeys, as Parker would say in the original Avatar. All right. So um, Ben just sent me this. Hang on a second. Victor is lost. Oh dear. <laughs> Okay, that's a better way of putting it. Avatar is just a uh, blue Pocahontas. Oh my god! Uh, people with the Pocahontas oh, and full gray. I don't care. It, uh, every story takes something from something else. It doesn't matter. J- people, you think James Cameron is a phony because of Avatar? I'm sorry. I love Avatar. I, I really don't care. I love both of them, but. Pocahontas, by the way, it's a poor comparison because Pocahontas Disney movie is one of the worst Disney movies of them all. Really, it's not very good. Um, it's one of the worst, it's the worst movie in the Disney Renaissance by far. Who remembers that movie? I really don't. Fern Gully, that movie sucks too. So, The Last Samurai, I could get because Last Samurai is a good movie, but those two, I don't particularly care for Pocahontas. <laughs> Ever since I was a kid, I didn't like that movie. So, you're talking about the animated one, yes. Right? Yes, I am. I don't. I don't get get the distance. <laughs> hey, I I don't mind it. It's a weak movie in terms of the, the characters. They don't very got much development. The songs are good. The animation's good. It's just the story is weak, and uh, the movie just kind of doesn't even have much of an ending either. It just abruptly stops. But so, nonetheless, but nonetheless, you gotta go ahead and discuss. Blue monkeys, giant lizards. Here we go. So, <laughs> so right now we're gonna go ahead and you know get into the main topics of the show. That's uh, another thing about popcorn belly. You need to know about me. Sometimes I have very hot takes, and that's one of them. I have very hot takes. I'm not afraid to speak my mind. So there you go. Another thing to expect. Anyway, go ahead. So on. Re- so okay, hold on a second. Support Wrestle Talk. Give us a subscribe. Um, update on WWE Creative following Vince McMahon's removal. There has been a big change up in terms of WWE Creative following the company's takeover from an ever and merger with UFC to form the TKO Group. 
Following the merger, Triple H has found himself being in control of 99.9% of WWE creative at the request of an ever CEO, Ari Emanuel, with this man working on other areas, on other areas in the company. Like what? Shitting his guts out in the bathroom? God. I mean, but anyway. Nine, 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 nine. Well, yeah, because this is the part of the new format, you know, because not a lot of people get to listen to us live, you know, doing the main topics, you know, during the first hour, which is kind of, you know, odd to say the least. But nonetheless, anyway, as continuing on, in just... In, in just that short time, many more WWE stars have been featured on the shows, and, and backstage morale in the company has increased greatly. In an update from Fightful Select subscription required, WWE sources have told Fightful that they expect the changes to continue and that the adjustments to creative seems seemed overnight. Though Vince McMahon has not interacted directly with the creative this year, his influence has been felt throughout the period especially in regards to which wrestlers and what would and wouldn't appear on the shows. One source told Fightful that they felt the recent matches on the show, including those between Ivar and Kofi Kingston, Shinsuke Nakamura and Ricochet and Gunther and Bronson Reed were very important in establishing the in-ring aspect of Raw. One writer said that many of Vince McMahon's changes were minimal throughout the year, Fightful was told that the adjustments to creative have freshened things up and have relaxed the process now that Raw has a more wide-open roster of talent able to be implemented and used. While outside of Raw after WrestleMania, Vince McMahon wasn't making any changes to the shows in person and was doing so remotely. And there had been a long reputation of McMahon making last-minute changes to the show though they would also happen throughout the weekend, including the next DIY reunion over the summer. When Vince would, would learn of the creative plan for the show, he would make remote adjustments along the way and would indicate which wrestlers he did or didn't want on the show. In regards to Vince saying he would no longer be in the weeds, one writer said, well, I guess... He wasn't lying when he said he wasn't in the weeds, but in a way, he just sprayed Roundup up on the weeds and checked in on them every so often. And that's pretty much it. What are your guys' thoughts on this? Well, then, good. Fuck him. <laughs> good fits is out. Good. Fuck off. It's about time. It's, it's about... Yeah, it's like, finally, because... You you don't really understand because I left watching wrestling. I stopped watching wrestling twice because of Vince McMahon and his bullshit. Like the first time was around SummerSlam twenty. Wait 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 wait. Fifteen. Wait wait hold on a second. Dan saying Vince shadow banned our channel after our video f that all. Wait are you? Oh are you serious? Did they really get you? Uh oh, that's real bad. That because if that's bad. the case, then the, then the hell with them. Like, uh, you could take a, you could take the biggest meanest shits for all I care. On Vince no longer being in charge of creative Triple H's, that this will be a huge benefit for the WWE. Obviously, Vince 
looks like a creepy version of Adolf Hitler. Wait, wait, on. Adolf Hitler? No, 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 no. No, Rob, no Schneider. Oh, Schneider from One Day at a Time. Assuming he's talking about the original, not the reboot. Okay, I thought, honestly, I think Adolf Hitler would have been more better. Wow. Uh, oh, that, my God. That is. That's fucked. That, that is. That is fucked. Shadow band. Wow. Congratulations, Vince McMahon. Look what you did. I, I, you did. I actually enjoyed that video that him and Trips did. I thought Trips's narrative for the for the video was awesome. Hearing her voice explain all this was actually pretty good. But then when you're learning about all the stuff, it makes you feel sad, you know? Yeah. I mean, look how it became. I mean, like, again, I'll say it before. Um, I was, as I was saying before, I stopped uh, stopped watching wrestling twice because of him. Once, the first time was on SummerSlam 2015. Which one was the one where Brock Lesnar beat The Undertaker? Was that 2015? No, no, no. It was the, uh, one, with Amell, the one where Stephen and Mel for some reason appeared. That that one. That was the last paper. Oh, no, 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 no. You're talking about uh WrestleMania. No, no, no. no. You're talking about SummerSlam 2015. Yeah, I said 2015 or 2016. Manual strikes 15 times. Oh my god. The horror. The horror. The horror. Oh, yeah. Like, like, Dexter, like Dexter, Dexter's laboratory. The horror. The horror. The horror. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, I, I'm sorry for that, man. Um, But yeah. I want to say this real, 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 real quickly. Yeah, uh, SummerSlam 2015. That's when the Undertaker beat Lesnar at that time. But the time when Lesnar beat Undertaker was the year prior to WrestleMania 30, which I believe, in my view, I know. But I never, I didn't get into wrestling at that time. I got into wrestling late 2014. So I think that was that was a dumb move by WWE or, or Vince McMahon in general to have Brock. Go over the Undertaker because <laughs> you call the Roid Raging Retard for a reason. Yeah, the Roid Raging Retard. I, you know, I've I've actually backed away from saying that a lot now because he's actually doing something good in the wrestling business in regards to putting the right people over, like Cody Rhodes, for instance. And yeah, he's actually making more appearances than than he's than he's done, you know, in a while, which is kind of good. Uh. But yeah, as far as I'm concerned. I think that was a bad call for what they did at WrestleMania 30 with The Undertaker was in the Lesnar it wasn't during his first initial run. He he kept beating the Undertaker every time they went one on one. Like so I the, Yeah. The second time when I stopped watching wrestling was actually very recently. Right, right as wet because when I when Triple H came into WWE, that's when I started watching again. That's when I was part of some of the live reactions and everything. I was a part of them. I liked doing them. But then once I heard Vince was coming back, fuck you, I'm not watching that shit no more. And guess what? The day after I that would that that happened, that was the Raw after Mania this year, and I heard that's one of the worst Monday Night Raws in the history of that damn show. Oh my god. So I, obviously, I, I made the right decision. Do you, you know why I deleted most of my, you know, live reactions of Raw and SmackDown? You know, like when after Vince was just gone, it was because well, one of two reasons. One, there was some drama that happened on one of the shows that I'm not going to get into, and two, 
it was like a complete waste of time to me because I felt like, you know, finally we actually have Vince gone and maybe I can actually live react to Raw and SmackDown just to, you know, just for shits and giggles. But instead, him coming back, you know, pretty like, is like, you know, killjoy at this point. Yeah, it's a killjoy. He only did it for the money. He and thought he only, that he could get away like, with it, but nope, Ari Emanuel's smart. He fucking kicked his ass out. But the thing is, what was the whole point? Like, the company, WWE, was ne- wasn't going anywhere bankrupt. I mean, they could have went He only for- did it for for the power. Because considering he only did it because he's a he's a he's a power hungry guy. He thought not just because not because of the money. It was never about the sale of a company. It was yeah. mainly about his power. It was not about the sale. But guess what? And it he, failed. If it, it was it was it, it failed his face. Yeah, it failed big time. And you know what? That's what happens when you when you try to you know like when you think you want to be in control of everything. There That's you go. Karma's a bitch. Still not over Undertaker losing to Lesnar in WrestleMania 3. I, again, and that's one of other big mistakes they made in 2014, but let's not get into that too much because, you know, because I want to try and get this done real quick. I don't know where Tom is at. He should should have been here by now. Hang on a second. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on a second. May not make it to the show tonight. If I do it, I might, might call in from my phone. All right. Well, so I'll, well, well, I'm going got this one, you know, article to read, and then if he's not here, like, once we've like hit, can I join real quick? Yeah, sure. Hold on a second. Um. Oh sh. Okay. All right. Maybe this might help stall for time, but still, nonetheless, it's all fine. Oh, he's doing, oh, William's asking me in the messenger of, uh, you know, what's going on. Oh, there, like asking the cat how he's, how you're doing. He's fine, William. He just, you know, he just has a, you know, sore throat and he, you know, he just, yeah, it's it's all good. You just can't talk that much. Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and re- read this article while I still have a chance. So, hang on a second. We're ah, crap. We're, we're gonna, go. oh, there he is. There's there's okay. Now, so <laughs> all right, another uh, article from. Support Wrestle Talk. Give us a subscribe. Um, real reason Michael Cole is off WWE Raw commentary this week. The real reason <clears throat> why Michael Cole has missed tonight's WWE Raw season premiere, October 16th, on the USA Network, has now been revealed. When fans tuned in tonight's episode of WWE Raw, Brandon, the season premiere, they most likely noticed that Michael Cole was not on commentary. With Kevin Patrick filling in for him and noting as much at the top of the bro- top of the broadcast, fans wondered if everything was okay with Cole, given how rare it is for him to take for him to take time off. Which, again, I just you know I just said though that is rare, which was even highlighted on TV by Seth Rollins recently, according to a new report from Pro Wrestling Insider. Cole had requested for this week off some time ago due to a personal commitment. 
it just so happened this week this week fell on the season premiere and Kevin Patrick was plate was planned to fill in her call many weeks prior to tonight. Interestingly, this will be Patrick's first time on on the main roster commentary without Corey Graves by his side. Patrick and Graves were on Raw as a two-man team for a while before they both moved to SmackDown alongside Cole as a trio. Michael Cole is reportedly set to be back on commentary alongside Wade Barrett next week on the flagship show. Well, whatever that personal commitment was, um, hopefully we can uh, assume that he's okay. Um, I know he's got family too, so hopefully Michael Cole's doing okay. And Danix B, yeah, he just showed up backstage. How's so, Robin, if it sounds like crap, I apologize, but y'all touched a nerve with Vince McMahon. <clears throat> we did a documentary-style piece on Vincent Kennedy McMahon and his poor handling of the, let's just say, um, sexual assault of Ashley Mazzaro. Yeah. Uh, it was a very powerful piece, probably one of the best pieces of That's right. content. That. One of the best pieces of content I've ever been involved in. And I, I'm not kidding when I say this. This is not an over-exaggeration. The man and the company, man, not, not like had a computer strike us like YouTube tends to do. Someone manually struck our channel over 10 times. 15 times? Uh, roughly, yes. And wow. what bothers me about that is they we then went to look at the analytics and our channel, which was doing was on an upswing, um, after we did a test holiday video, which got over 30,000 views, started getting between five and 10 views. We were getting no traction anywhere. We worked very hard on our documentaries and they did that. They, they, they're responsible for that. I'm not, which really bothers me is because right afterwards I got to interview my wrestling hero, Scott Levy, also known as Raven to the common fan. And that video should have done so much better, but only got 300 views due to us being shadow banned and no one could hear it. Wow. I got to interview Sabu, which is something was like, like I love Sabu. I, I don't believe wrestling would be what it is without that man. Jordy knows how much I love Sabu. In fact, the first time I got to speak to Sabu was on this very podcast. And I, you idiot. <laughs> Did you, what happened? There's guys in front of me, and he's like, hee-hawing and jackassing, and I'm trying to get over, but he's just sitting there with his turn light on. Dickhead, I got to get on the freeway. Anyway, I'm driving to work, by the way. So, no, um, I think what Ari Emanuel did was outfox the fox. He gave fucking Vince the idea of milk and honey and said, we're going to do everything for you, Vince. We got your back just to bring him on just to get full control, just to put his old decrepit ass behind a desk, which I think is fucking brilliant. Ari Emanuel is no fool. He knows that the money is to be made through Triple H. Paul Levesque, for all his fault, his talk of golden shovels and all that, can promote wrestling. The man can, the man can do the job. And he did, he did so well. So I truly am of the opinion that Stephanie McMahon... Well, agreed. And I, I think that I am truly of the opinion that Stephanie quit the company because of her old piece of shit dad. Look what he did to Shane. Look what he's done to everybody. Look what he's done to his own fucking family, his wife. Oh, yeah. The, Vin the Vince family. McMahon character 
is not very far off from who the real man is. And the reason I have a hatred for and I, I use that word very sparingly because there's not too many people in the world I hate. But Vince McMahon rides that line. He's a horrible, pissed, like poor human being. He's not an example for what you should be in life. And the more he gets older and his stupid painted on mustache, he, oh, I hate that mustache. It looks he is horrible. the example of what capitalism gone wrong is. He's a horrible human being. That documentary, everything I cried make in, in helping with that documentary because mm-hmm. what he did to people. Like, and, and Jordy, you have my permission to link that if you'd like, but what he did to people, the way he treated women, where, his response to his, his ability. Where can I where can I find it? Yeah, on I'll YouTube. I'll I'll put it in, I'll put it in the chat if I have your permission. Uh, hold on. I think you need to be a mod for that. I am a mod. Oh, you are. Uh, yeah, I don't know how, but I'm a mod. So yay. Um, oh, never mind that. What he did to what he did in the involvement of the death of Jimmy and helping Jimmy Snooker get away with murder. What he did oh. to Sable. What he did with so many people, and he's allowed to walk this earth free and clean. I don't agree with it. I don't like him. Salute to him for what he did for pro wrestling. But his day was long and gone. The reason that he got the only reason he has a company is because of two men: Dwayne Johnston, The Rock, and Steve Austin, who worked their asses off to be themselves. He didn't have any hand in that. They were just themselves. He took a chance because he had nothing else left. If it was up to him, we would still have characters like Duke the Dumpster Dempsey, and we would have characters like Doink the Clown. That's the <laughs> that's the kind of wrestling he wanted. I'm sorry, when you said Doink the Clown, I couldn't help but laugh. But that that's what he promoted. He promoted sh- sideshow attractions. He was never as good as the Crockett's, Big Jim Crockett, Jimmy Crockett, and his brother. He was never as good as as Dusty Rhodes as a Booker. The only thing is, he had the money and he had enough luck to drop of two amazing stars drop in his lap. In a time where people were looking for change. That's what I truly believe. He's a piece of garbage who spent millions of dollars covering up his chicanery. And this is my opinion. This is not the opinion of Rant and Rave. I don't want anybody trying to you know, come back later on. Because I have to say that because you never know with these people anymore. This oh, is yeah. not the opinions of anybody here on Rant and Rave. These are the opinions of a rambling fool named DXP. I think that Vince McMahon is a car crash human being. He's disgusting. He makes me fucking sick. And I hope he burns and eats fish heads. I don't want anything to do with the guy. Agreed. That yeah. being said, have a wonderful show. Watch Rat and Rave every Thursday night. Yeah. And thank you, Dan. And, you know, it's funny. Imagine if, oh, God. <laughs> um, I imagine if Tiffany Stratton as Doink the Clown slap nuts. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. <laughs> well, I'll say, in regards to Vince McMahon, he, he has always been the most shadiest human being I think I've ever seen in my life. David Sasselov comes comes first, but Vince McMahon's a very close second. I mean, I'm not going to lie. In my view, I will give Vince McMahon credit for this little bit. He may have turned that company that you know that he wasn't supposed to turn at the bequest of his father in a dying deathbed, you know, like dying in his deathbed, you know, not to turn it into a you know worldwide phenomenon and not put all the other people out of business. But at the end of the day, a lot of people wouldn't have become you know who they are, like when it comes to being rich. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to justify 
anything that he's ever done throughout his entire life because he 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 really just you know he there is a limit where you got to say dude you went way too far and you over sexualized some women and especially in the attitude era jesus christ yeah and you also you also you know made out with most of the divas and almost kind of like somewhat slept with them you know like I'll even put it in a list right here. You got Sable, you got Trish Stratus, Tori Wilson, um, I believe Candace Michelle, uh, and yeah, even I, he. They even, you know, what's so funny? Like they, he, he even, oh, he tried to over-sexualize Melina for a point, who also has been on the show. But I'm not trying to, you know, put her on the spot. No, no, by any means, because I think Melina is a very beautiful, wonderful human being, in my view. But as far as I'm concerned, the way how, you know, Vince kept over-sexualizing these women and made him more, made him like, like somewhat of a pimp. And I'm not talking about the Godfather type pimp. I'm talking like a, a legitimate pimp. Just yeah, him. like literally like a pimp, a like literal he, pimp. Like he, like he is everything that you do not want to be. Even if you like, just because you're rich doesn't mean you should do you can do like everything you want because there are times where even rich people have to, you know, be as us mortals who aren't, you know, that, you know, rich or, you know, famous and all that. Yeah. Just saying. Vince McMahon, like everybody else is immortal. He's a more, he, he is, he is mortal. Like all of us. Anyway, if you guys want to check out the video, um, that Dan just put in the live chat. Um, let me see here. And I'm not gonna lie, this video is actually is actually done real good. You know, like it's got like over a thousand three hundred seventy four views. That's not bad. Not gonna lie, and it's called Vincent Man. Too many chances. It's and let me tell you. One hour and one minute and 48 seconds, it's worth your time. You, I, I recommend everybody watches it, not just from here on R&R. Not anybody. only the moral story, know but, your limits. More like, don't be a piece of shit. In general. Because that's what he is. And another one person in the uh, pofa on the silver. It's funny because it's the other show. He says, he, he says, cool, I hate to say it, but over-sexualizing women in the attitude era got them over. Unfortunately, because it was the 90s and uh, it's dealing with kind of frat males. Well, it was, the late, it, was the, it was the late 90s and early 2000s. But yeah, yeah I, I mean, you, you know, most of it was in the late 90s, like 97 all the way to 99, 2000. I know it ended in 2002, but, you know, you get what I mean. The moral of the story, know your limits. Well, honestly, I know I know this much. I know my limits. I mean, sure, I could be funny when it comes to dark humor and all this other stuff. Oh, you came me? I could top him more, more than <laughs> once in terms of dark humor. But the thing is, it's like, it's not just dark humor. It's also some light humor here, here, there, and all that. But as far as I'm concerned, I don't, I know my limitations. I don't use, I don't try to go overboard. You That's know? true. I try to not go to the point where it could be considered just shock value for the sake of shock value. So yeah. But anyway, um, hey Queen Lauren, how are, how are you doing? Um, I uh, well, I don't know 
how long we can keep delaying for Tom to get on here. I mean, we are, we can be, I mean, we try to end the show in under two hours, so that's just basically it. But let me just see here. I'm going to check on something. Hmm. It's probably going <laughs> Don't even go there. Very good. Very good. Very good. I will take your headset. If you sing that song again, take your headset <laughs> and slide between your spleen and colon. What? No. Oh. I will rip your legs off and literally kick whatever is kick whatever whatever is left of your ass with them. Anyway. Oh dear. Um well, I don't think we're gonna see Tom, you know, on here because I mean we're gonna probably wrap up the show anyway. But nonetheless, folks, thank you all for joining us for the two hundred and tenth edition of the Rangry Podcast. And I wanna thank Victor Dabai for you know showing there up. There you go. <laughs> For, for showing up here, you know, to, you know, be a part of the show and finish what he started on Tuesday. Um, also, be sure to check on, uh, you know, on the David 3000 Network for this coming Tuesday. Um, it will be the 50th episode of the Popcorn Panel Podcast, where we will be doing a review of The Room. The and- Room. I did not. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> but nonetheless, everyone, I want to thank you all for tuning in for this week's episode. <laughs> If you like this, give it a thumbs up. If you miss your chance to live chat, comment down below. Give us your thoughts and opinions on tonight's uh, broadcast. Also, be sure to subscribe if you are new to the channel on on, the, on Brandon Martin's channel. Hit the notification bell so that way you'll be notified whenever you know uh, this channel does an upload, a premiere, or a live stream like this one at all times. Same goes for the Count Victor Davai, um, the you know the Elder Statesman, men Eric Lima, the Buffalo and Bulldozers. Dozer, Michael Bombardier, uh, the Canadian Destroyer, Andrew Hawking, and yours truly, the Youngblood Outsider, Jordy Scout, a.k.a. James Legit. And next week, same time, same uh, schedule for Rant and Rave, we will be doing our, our you know, uh, Halloween special. So uh, hopefully... It's funny will- because the, our, my show, we're doing our Halloween special on Halloween, which is funny. So folks... Um, Hopefully, Brandon will be here for next week, and we'll probably and most of us here on the panel will be dressed up in costumes. I think I know what I'm going to try and dress up for this uh, for this Halloween. But folks, with that all being said, God bless you all. Have a great night and stay healthy for and bury tomorrow. And also keep ranting and raving. So, good night, everybody. Good yeah. night, yeah. Woo, poo, poo.